podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting-edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am Master Life Coach and Mindfulness Expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 100. I cannot believe I have done 100 episodes about sex and desire and all the fun things, and I thought it would be really fun to have a very, very special guest here, probably the most special guest I could ever have on the podcast. He might have come kicking and screaming, but it is my husband. He is here to celebrate the episode 100 and this journey that this has been. And we're not going to get into details because, you know, I've told you before, he's not a fan of that. That's a boundary that we <laughs> we determined. But I thought it would just be fun to hear us and hear us talk about it and hear his experience of this journey of me being a sex coach, of our relationship and all of that. So without further ado, welcome to the It's My Pleasure podcast, honey, <laughs> aka George. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for finally agreeing to be on here with me. So I would love to just start by chatting a little bit about our love story. And I would love to hear it from your perspective of how we met, how we fell in love, all that ooey gooey juicy stuff. Great. Great. So (laughs) so we're totally clear. I am totally comfortable talking about all these things. Is my natural state. We met when we were in college. I think we were uh, two very different people from different different upbringings, and I think that we were very two different people then than we are now. Uh, and I think that's an important piece of the whole story. But I, I would say at that time, you know, we were we were young, and uh, I had to meet you, and and somehow that happened. I, I saw you before I met you, and uh, and ended up being in the same circles is me, which is, I suppose, not very exciting, but I'm, I'm grateful for my luck. I think that's always been part of, part of how, how certain things go and, and maybe fate. Um, but I met you and, and I think it was, uh, I always joke around that I, I slow gamed you. I didn't want to rush into things. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to plant a lot of seeds before, before I, I made any, any serious move. And, 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 uh, I did that. And he totally did that. I have to interrupt you here. Cause you're not really giving this story justice. Sorry. But- <laughs> I'm boring. I'm so boring. No, no, not at all. But George really did do the slow game here. Like I saw him and we met at my friend's house at Lester's house. We called them the brick house boys on the last day of the finals. And he was so cute. And I was like, Ooh, I totally want to make out with him. And he was really funny. And that still, I think is the theme to this day is that he makes me laugh and he made me laugh. And then he just left and I didn't see him the rest of that night. I don't even know if I saw you again for a few weeks, but I was crushing a little bit. I didn't think you were interested at all. Cause you just got up and left. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's how you do it. You, you got to <laughs> You don't want to rush into things. You just kind of got to like, you know, pace yourself, be patient, wait for your angle. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. And then we were definitely, George is from Alaska, by the way. And <laughs> I think like that plays by my name. Yes. By life. the way, because I do think that plays a lot into our story. And we were hot and heavy there for four, for four months that we were at the same college in the same state. And at that time, I had also decided I was taking up this, you know, opportunity to go to England to study neuroscience for a year. So it was kind of like, well, that was a fun four months. He was going to Alaska. I was going to be going to England, but we kept it going. Yeah. Cause, cause, uh, I don't give up on anything. Mm. So I think, you know, that's just something I, I held myself to. And I, I didn't know that about myself at the time, but I think, so what you're going to England, we're staying together. Like that's, that's not a, that's not an obstacle to me. <laughs> yeah. I think it was more an obstacle to me. I was like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if I can. Well, <laughs> to this day, you remain out of my league and I still have to, you know, make up for that gap. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think so. But anyway, George was in Alaska. I was in England. And at one point I was like, this is just not working because the time difference, we didn't have cell phones. There was it was just different. Like communication was different. We weren't able to like really chat with each other. I would be out early morning in the rain because the weather was so shitty in England all the time, like trying to talk to George on a payphone and he'd be going out with friends. Like there was so much like missteps and trying to connect. And, and finally I just says like, Hey, if you want to do this, here's a one-way ticket. You either come or we're done. <laughs> What'd you do? The decision I've ever made. <laughs> Underneath this, this stern, serious exterior, uh, I am a romantic at heart. Uh, mm. I love you then, and and it was a no-brainer to me. I don't know why that leap of faith yeah. was there. If my kids told me they were doing the same thing, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. You're not doing that. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I guess our parents were cool with it. I, they must have thought we were crazy. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I mean, now hearing them talk about it even is kind of like, yeah, you seemed kind of nervous, but we just trusted you both. And, no and by the way, did she mention I'm from Alaska? Yes. <laughs> like, who is this guy? Who is this guy from Alaska? Fisherman, all rugged. Yeah, you also forgot the fact that your mom and your sister weren't big fans of me. So no. I, I did replace a little bit of Prince Charming uh, in, in their life, in their eyes. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Pulling from behind, but like, you know, whatever. Yes. George definitely was not. Been a long a- game on that too top choice uh, for my family. So there was a little bit of tension there to say the least at the beginning, but I don't know. They, they, can't, they couldn't take a joke. They just didn't get my humor. That's That was the no. real problem there. Yeah. So. And I think they thought, you know, the guy that I had dated before, he was really, you know, on paper, this perfect boyfriend, this perfect match, like somebody, any, any, person would be happy their daughter would be with. He just wasn't my person. He's a great person. He wasn't my person. And when I met George, I felt like I met my match. And I don't mean like, ooh, my soul meet. Like I met my match like somebody that could <laughs> fight with me or argue with me or like keep me in line. It's like you need that. Like I have a very fiery personality. And George was a counterpart to that for me. I I think that goes both ways though. Like every relationship that I ever had, it was like, 
you know, cause, cause I'm a, a fairly smart person and it'd get me in an argument and there's just all kinds of really um, sort of like just bad argument tendencies or like tactics that you can use that are really mm-hmm. not very um, moral, I guess, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of using dominance to, to win in an argument rather than logic. And, uh, and, you know, I'll never forget, like, we got into some stupid fight and I tried some of those tactics, like when we, for those first four months and you kind of just like called me out on it, you know, things like, can I come to your pity party? Uh, you know, there was just these like a couple of things. I was like, cool, passive aggressive dude. Yeah. Not going to work on me. Peace out. So so that, that like, that to me was like, wait, what's, what's this? This is different. Um, you know, you're obviously beautiful, but I think like learning about the person behind it all there's there there was this and i don't know if i would have put my finger on at the time but there was a sort of for lack of a better word insight i had that you would make me better because some of these other relationships i had been in weren't making me better they were just allowing me to kind of be myself and you know it it, 20 years old 21 whatever i think you kind of want you're, you're kind of looking for validation that you're on the right track and so you kind of are willing to be in those relationships and, 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 you know, winning arguments is more important than personal growth. And I think that like, there was just this light bulb when I met you and in, in, in our first four months where, yeah, I, I, I think you, I was like, no, she's going to hold me accountable. I don't know if I, if I thought of it quite like that, but in hindsight, that's what I saw. I couldn't put mm-hmm. words to it, but it, it definitely kind of woke me up. And it's not to say that I, I live and die by your words. Like sometimes I still don't want to hear it. You know, we fight. <laughs> yeah that's normal. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think like when you say met, met your match, it's, it's really about finding someone that, that makes you better. Yeah. Um, Inspires growth. You know, I really like to think of it like that. It's not necessarily. No, you, you don't inspire growth. You force growth on me. <laughs> like, let's and not make it about just call it out. Right? It is. Like, <laughs> there's no inspiration. Process for a little bit, or you get into enough kind of look like we've had some knockdown drag out fights. Yes. And yeah. I always walk away like, okay, I, I know my long game is, is this commitment to you, but my like short game is I want to win this argument. And, and sometimes I say things that are over the line. You do, you know, I think that's human. Um, but like we are kind of committed to the long term. So, so I, yeah, anyway, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic. Yeah. Well, I think it's continuously like the thing that, you know, I believe in, tell me your thoughts on this too, is part of the reason that we have been able to, I mean, we've been together 18 years now, over 18 years, stay together so long and not just passively stay together, but really have, I believe an amazing marriage, an amazing relationship and somebody that I continuously see in my future, which I don't think everybody can say. And, and I think the, the reason for that, or a huge reason for that is any fight that we get into any of these ways, like there's so much self observation and self-awareness and what am I going to learn in this and responsibility? And even if those fights, there might be that tendency to blame because that's usually what people do in fights. That's human nature. We both can walk away and be like, what am I learning from this? What can I take away? What is my growth in this situation? And not just being like, well, the other person just needs to do all of this and then I'd be happy. But really that like continuously self-reflection and what is it that I can learn and grow into that was 
shown to me in this argument. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and I think it's like important to decouple, like put time on this because it doesn't mm-hmm. happen instantly. Um, no. I think that sometimes you have an argument, you kind of stop talking, you walk away, you come back together, still raw, still kind of end up in more argument. But I think that, that you kind of got to create that space for yourself. Cause like, you're not going to understand the other person when you're talking to them initially, you know, when, mm-hmm. when, once the anger is there, you see, you're seeing red, it's, it's real hard to hear. Um, I think it's human nature. You know, I, I also have this, this deep uncomfortability in being in what I would call a negative state with you. And, and, and I think there's kind of a fine line to being, oh, it's uncomfortable for me. So I want to please you and, and appease you. And so just all to say, like, I'm sorry, or I'll agree to what you say, or like, yeah, I'm totally wrong. And, and not in a passive aggressive way, but like, you know, admit fault. And then also, you know, truly hearing you. Cause I think that, that that's, that's the other side of it is if I, if I rush, if I rush to apologize because I have this deep, uncomfortable state of like us being out of, out of sync, then I don't think I hear you. And I think the same things come up again. So it's like, a, it's a very, it's just a very like subtle thing to pay attention to in arguments because really hearing somebody like really hearing them so that like so much so that this kind of thing isn't going to come up again because I really heard you and I'm willing mm-hmm. to adjust my behavior or, or the things that I say or how I phrase things or how I approach you for the long haul. And I think that's, that's like, there's no like science to it. I think I'm still working on it. I think, you know, you're still working on it. It's like, how do I create the the most smooth operating rhythm for how we engage period um, mm-hmm. around, around conflict? And I think it's sometimes we're good at it. Sometimes we're bad at it. I mean, like, I think we had a screaming match probably a month or two ago. So yeah. <laughs> and that was the first one in a long time And it, you know, and then that's the thing is like, I think, um, you know, there's some, theories of thought that, you know, good relationships, you don't have these kind of blowout fights. George and I have always had, you know, we're, we're very dramatic people. We're (laughs) very passionate people. So arguing in this way hasn't felt detrimental, but I also think it's because of the way that we approach it and not taking it super personally and like giving ourselves space, like you said, to like get out of the stress cycle, taking care of ourselves, like really what is here? What is this person saying? But it's all coming from a foundational belief of like, he loves me. I love him. Like we're in this. And I think that's the difference with a lot of people that get into these arguments or why it can be not as <laughs> effective is because there is abandonment issues, like whether that comes from childhood or a different relationship or something else. And so that fear bubbles up or just that run and flee out of it. And from the very beginning, we've just been so committed to like, we're in this. So even if we're arguing right now, and even if we're saying all this stuff, there is this deep understanding and the safety that we're still going to come back and talk about it, or we're still going to come back to one another. And that I think is what allows us to be able to have arguments sometimes, but also I'm still going to love you. And I know you're still going to love me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's always this kind of beautiful moment, beautiful in the way that all, all facets of, of the human condition can be kind of beautiful, right? Like in, in your sort of reconciliation, I guess, of, of some of the more difficult moments, but we always kind of end up having a really calm conversation afterwards. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit more of that, like, I see you, I hear you kind of thing. But in, and, and, you know, we may not feel good afterwards, like in the sense that oh, everything's just great again. It's so positive. But like that sort of understanding is reached in those moments. And, and I think the long-term effect of building a better relationship, because, you know, the, the thing that kind of gets lost in all this is, and I, and I said this in the beginning, we've been on this growth path together. You know, we got together pretty young in hindsight, you know, at the time I thought I it was you know, getting older, it's time to do, you know, get in my relationship. Maybe, I don't know. We've been together 18 years. And, and when you get together in your early twenties, who you are going into your thirties, going into parenthood, um, all the sort of personal growth that has to happen through that, we both had to expand our aperture of what it meant for us to be humans on this earth. And I think that that's the thing that this kind of pattern has allowed us is, is sort of challenging each other. And, you know, like, I would love to know there's probably a smoother way to have arguments and fights and get there, but like, that's, this is just what's worked for us. And I think that it's kind of expanded my, my own kind of understanding of the world and how I need to show up and and who I need to be. And so I think we kind of have these patterns, but every, every time we do, I learn something profound that I take with me onto the next level. And, you know, as, as both of us have grown as humans with our, as in a relationship, as partners, uh, as parents, as professionals in our careers, um, it's kind of, it's, it's the journey of life, but, but I, I am grateful that I have you. And I think that if you didn't have that same growth mindset where I didn't, that I don't think it would work. I, I don't know if we'd be together just because I was stuck in the mud or you were stuck in the mud and not willing to hear me or hear you. Yeah. I definitely believe that it has been a key part of our longevity, but also, you know, for those of you hearing that might not have a partner who is as dedicated to a growth mindset or continuing to learn, there is still so much power. And I think that's one thing that, because I would, I would say that both you and I, George, we haven't always been in a growth mindset or we're not in a growth mindset around something else, but you and I have both taken it on ourselves at different points in our journey to grow ourselves and our own understanding and just let the person do the thing, whatever they're doing. And in those moments, you know, even just the way that you personally are able to shift and show up in a relationship still has a huge impact, even if that other person isn't budging on a particular thing. Yeah. I mean, it's I, a lot, a lot of times I think it's just the energy you bring to the table. Maybe there is an inspiration quotient in there, uh, you know, it's kind of being tongue in cheek earlier, but you know, when I see you running your business and struggling and, and, and kind of trying to figure out something and then like, walking away from it, coming back, going, oh, here's how I'm going to approach it. And I'm excited. And I kind of got the right mental pattern and all that stuff that, that inspires me to kind of find my own um, mm-hmm. version of that at times. And I think that you, no one's on the exact same timeline for, for what they're going through. But I think that, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good point. Yeah. Well, when we, I even think about like, (laughs) there was years ago that I really wanted George, I was getting really heavy into yoga and meditation and all of this stuff. And he was not about any of that. And I kept trying to like force feed it to you. Like this would help you just do yoga and you're back and this and that. And the more I tried to get you to do this thing, 
the more you pushed back. And it was really like, I don't have to change him, right? Like really this is about me and I just dove into it. And eventually you did find your way and you're like, huh, I kind of see this is working for her or it's worked for her pain or it's worked for her stress level or her reactivity that you did, you were more open to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of like your passion and then just like by proximity and and osmosis picking up on a lot of it and and kind of, yeah, I I, I think anytime that relationships are hard because (laughs) I think anytime that one partner is telling the other partner to do something, it's sort of like, well, what's wrong with me the way I am? But, you know, you marry me for the way I am. I think probably a lot of people probably heard that argument um, in in their relationships or, or whatever. But I think it's like the opposite of that is, is wow, I'm so inspired by the things I'm doing and I want to share it with you. And, and that's sort of the mm. path you did find. And then eventually, you know, you saw me in a state where I, I think for all of us, we all have to make our own mistakes. And I say that because I think that like, it's so obvious to us that why would, why would someone make a mistake when I could tell them the right path, you know, and, or why would they want to go do this other thing when I know the right path? I just think it's, it's kind of human nature to, to make our own mistakes. And, 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 and when you learn from that, it sticks. And so, you know, for me, you know, back in 2013, I was trying to like sunset one company, start another company. Like we were on dire straits financially, one kid out, one kid in the oven. Like the whole thing was like, you know, I mean, I, I was at a breaking point mentally and and you're like, Hey, I signed you up for a, a meditation retreat. You're leaving tomorrow. Th- that may sound like it's an example of the, the heavy, heavy handed, but like we had already been kind of on the path of talking about this stuff for a while. And so I was like, you know, like nothing else I'm doing is working. So why wouldn't I, at this point, like raise the white flag and go? And that weekend changed my life. Yeah. Uh, that weekend was me going to a, a yogi named Jerry Jones and meditating, practicing meditation and, and learning about meditation for, for 48 hours. And I came back from that and, and kind of instit- instilled a, a sort of meditation practice in my, my life that ebbs and flows to this day in terms of me being in it. But I think that for me, you know, kind of waking up to that. And then, you know, now like, like you would think that I've been doing that my whole life because I'm such an advocate, right? I tell everybody, I think meditation is the secret weapon. You know, it's the superpower. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unlocking your superpowers. Um, I'll, I'll tell anybody that'll listen to me. So, you know, I, I think that our spouses help us with that. Like you, you didn't want an iPhone and now look at you, you're in social media, Instagram. <laughs> thing, and, you know, I like, still don't want an iPhone. i think that's the difference is you're still an advocate of meditation i like stupid technology yeah well it's Uh, electrical energy that ruins electronics in our house i know know. i'm working on it i'm working on it um okay so i would love to just talk a little bit i mean i know everybody's wondering about like the sex coach so stuff and all of that but just tell people maybe like the best part about being married to a sex coach and the hardest part about being married to a sex coach. I had to, I had to take a sip of water. Um, <laughs> let's see. Well, let's just back up a little bit. When you first started talking about going down this path, um, I was deeply uncomfortable with it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I was deeply uncomfortable because of just general like taboo around sex and you know, how it's, it's uh, the, you know, Western culture, it's like, you can be sexualized, but if you talk about sex with partners and, and, 
it's just sort of like this taboo thing. And, it, and you know, you just don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. And here I have my wife, who's always been open about it. You know, for me, it was, it was like, well, am I prepared to be the husband of this person that, you know, could potentially have a, a big platform and voice for talking on this topic? And so at first, you know, th- this is another one of those things that it wasn't like, you know, I'm not like this great guy that's like, oh yeah, go do this thing. And that'll be great. You should absolutely do that. Like I was, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't there because mm-hmm. I just didn't know what it meant. It was kind of scary. It was like, you know, what will people think about me? What will people think about us? I think that to a degree, there's still a part of me that's like, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly reserved on the topic. Like I'm not like talking about this with anyone really other than you, but and all I, of my thousands of listeners. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that like that, that, that reserve, that reserve side of me is still there. Like, I don't like getting me on the podcast took a hundred episodes. So mm-hmm. you know, that kind of says, says something, but I, I think the best thing about it is, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's such a niche thing when people hear that you do that men's reaction is a little bit like different, I suppose, you know, like, like it's a little bit like, <laughs> hey, elbow, <laughs> elbow. Yeah. Guys yeah. Are just Patriarchy. Like, you know. Gross. And, and women tend to just be like, Oh, that's amazing. You know, especially once I kind of double click into like sex coach, it's like, Ooh, sex coach. That's kind of provocative. But if you double click into the work you're doing, I mean, I think it's, I think it's as important as any other topic, like to, to help people, and women specifically find, find, find their pleasure effectively, right. To, to borrow your words and use that as sort of a cornerstone to, to build from being like empowered in a, in a patriarchal world. Um, I, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible work. I support the mission fully, even if I'm not willing to like talk about our, our personal sex life, you know, openly a ton. I, I think the mission is there. And so, you know, whatever reaction I get, I don't really care. Because at the end of the day, I also see you light up when you talk about it. And I see the way that you're passionate about it. And like, like, am I really going to squash that because I'm uh, self-conscious about what it might mean, what people might think? Like, I just can't justify that. So yeah, I'm going to be uncomfortable on this journey and this, you know, and, and I think I've got to a certain level of comfort, but it'll probably happen. You know, I'll probably get uncomfortable again. Um, I'm mildly uncomfortable right now, but we're not even into it, into the topic yet. <laughs> um, so I, I think, you know, it's, and, and I just, I just, I'll just add that, you know, when I, when I wanted, when I, I had a safe job working for another company, when I wanted to take the plunge and go after the things that I wanted to, that I was passionate about, that were kind of scary, both from a financial standpoint and, and maybe less so from a reputational standpoint, you know, you, you were there for me and, and you encouraged it and you've always been in my corner. And so, you know, like the least I can do is, is pay that in return. And, you know, I, I think it, <laughs> it's, it's funny cause I'm in my own business and business world and having two like, you know, CEOs in the house is, is, is interesting. Cause I think our, the, the game every day is different, but the sort of mental side of it is the same. Uh, so, you know, when I see you doing what you do, like it, it's, it's awesome. And I'm inspired. And yeah, so the topic matter may make me uncomfortable, but like seeing you light up is, is worth it at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would add to the best thing, cause George jokes around all the time that he gets to be the R and D research and development. Oh, uh, uh, you, you crack this joke all the time and now you're over there. So red face. You can't even talk about it. You just talk yeah. a big game. Yep, that's talk right. A that's big what game. I'm doing right now. <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now. I'm being red faced about it. It's it. Well, so the 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 fun part is, uh, you know, 
reputationally, maybe like, I, you know, you kind of focus on what people say negatively, but what are they going to say positively? Mm-hmm. At least they know that I'm, I'm, I must not be a slouch in this category of things that we were talking about. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. Um, Although okay. I think it has nothing to do with me for the record. I think your work is, is in, in what you, you embody is, is everything, the mindset side of things. Yes. Which is what I teach all the ladies on here. So I want to go back to this like double household of CEOs. Cause I think that a lot of people, they have very full lives. They have very busy lives. You and I have two homes that we take care of and we do all the work at them. We have two kiddos. We definitely have a nanny who saves our life every afternoon, but Having these two busy lives, like how do you think it's possible that we still find time for each other or for other people listening? Like, what would you recommend for helping them find time to just like connect or that touch point or the overarching mindset, I would say, that has allowed you to keep coming back to me and keep working on connecting with me as your wife, not just like your roommate or the mother of your children or something like that. I mean, I think one thing that comes to mind is, is, you know, going back to the reputation thing for a second, Mm -hmm. you're a sex coach. People must think that we have sex every day, all the time. (laughs) We don't, you know, we don't. And, and there's times where I wish that we did. And there's times where like, I, I'm like, not interested. Like I, I have my own cycles, if you mm-hmm. will. And, and I think that, that there is a certain amount of personal responsibility that comes, that comes with like being interested in your own sexuality and, and sort of just keeping your own fire lit, you know? And, and I think it's, that's a mental game as much as anything else. And so like, I don't, I don't walk around like on the prowl constantly, but you know, like there's, there's definitely like desire there because like, I, you know, like it's part of what we do. I think that we have in flow as much as anybody. I, I think I just like leap, like start there. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think there's, there's tactics that you employ that kind of, you know, help us, help us find that time. So whether that's uh, scheduling, which I know you're, you're big on and just saying, Hey, like at this time on this day, like get, get ready. Get, Get ready, right? and, and I think that like that that might sound weird and, and not like you know spontaneous, but I think that in a way it, it creates constraint, and and in constraint comes creativity and fun and like you know it's something to look forward to. So you know I'm I'm actually less big on the spontaneity thing. Like I I think it's like sounds fun and it's like in all the movies and it's romantic like this like crazy romantic thing, but spontaneity also creates confusion. Because like, like for me, I'm like, oh, are we, are we doing this right now? You know, like I'll get like, okay, we're going to do this. And then you'd be like, no, I'm, I was just giving you a kiss. Like, what what would you, why would you think that, you know? And and like, (laughs) like, oh, I read that totally wrong. And then it's like this weird friction and, and it's uncomfortable. And then I'm like, you know, like a little bit like wounded kid, like, oh, my pride's hurt. And, you know, she's rejecting me and, and, and that doesn't feel good. So yeah, I mean, like when you started kind of broaching that idea of like, hey, we could schedule. And I was like, you know, at first it's a bit, like I said, it's, it's, it sounds unorthodox, but I think mm-hmm. for us it's worked out because it kind of takes the, um, takes that piece out of it that I don't like, which is like reading, reading the situation wrong and feeling shame. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you just shared that from the male perspective, because, you know, so many of the women that I talk with, that is one of the things that they worry about in general is 
turning their partners down. And, you know, so much of what we talk about on this podcast and what I teach everybody in the Better Sex in 90 Days is creating this container of safety, right? And it's not like any of us feel unsafe with our partners or husbands. It's nothing like that, but it's like the pressure is an unsafe feeling, right? Feeling like I don't have an option to say no even if, of course, we know we can say no to our husband, but being somebody that we don't like to see our husbands feel rejected or disappointed or hurt, right? Like that's not comfortable for us either. And, you know, I think with us scheduling sex, whether it is like something we're like, okay, Tuesday is definitely the day, or if it's like, hey, later this afternoon, you know, you want to kind of thing. Like we, there's different varieties of the type of scheduling you can do, but you do for, for the person that might have the quote unquote lower sex drive in the relationship, it creates less pressure because you don't have to worry about saying no or saying yes, you know, it's coming. You can get yourself in the mood and it's for both of you. You can get in the mood. Then it's like, it creates so much more room for playfulness. Like if you're living with somebody in because of the pandemic, we've been together 24 seven every day for like over a year, right? Like there's so many things that can be misread wrong, but if it's like, Ooh, I know this is coming up. You can build up that sexual tension. You can build up that playfulness. You can go and make out. And as a woman, like really have fun with that kind of foreplay before the foreplay sort of stuff and not be like, Ooh, he's going to just want to have sex right away. Like I can do this and it can be really fun and we can flirt with each other knowing that it's on the docket for whether it's later that day or later that week or something like that. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting the the scheduling. I think the other thing that's been good for us, and I think this is probably something you convinced me of through osmosis, but this is my personal opinion. I don't know if you agree with it or not. So I'll just I'll just couch it in that. But like I think that female pleasure is far more interesting than male pleasure. I say that as a male, but like our sex life is better because we are a lot of times focused on on your pleasure. Now it's not to say that we don't have the like spontaneous romp, whatever, but I think that our, our sex life is good because like, you know, your body and you're focused on your body and, and you have a partner in me. That's like, I, I love for you to have pleasure. you like, like, that's a thing. So mm-hmm. that's all I'm going to say about that. But, you know, I think, I think the work you teach and the work you practice make it better for both of us. And I think as a, like going back to the kind of meeting your match thing, like if, if I did something in bed that you didn't like, like you would tell me that right away. You know, and mm-hmm. I, you know, and and again, at first, it was like a real shot to my pride. Like, eh, I know how to, you know, I know how to be with a lady or whatever, you know. But but to kind of be coached on your preferences and being willing to be coached on your preferences, which wasn't an easy like hill to climb. But but mm-hmm. over time, I realized that like, so you're telling me if I do the things that you want to do, you will have more fun, and I will have more fun. And this will make like a healthier cornerstone of our relationship. Like, why wouldn't I do that? You know, but mm-hmm. at 22 or whatever, like I, I, at first that was like very shocking. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think it's just sort of like your kind of outspoken nature in the bedroom. But I think that, you know, you, you also teach that of saying, Hey, this is what I, this is what I prefer. This is what I don't prefer. And the only thing I'd say 
if I was to coach you back on when to tell me these things, it's like not in the moment. In the moment, it like frees <laughs> me up. And I'm like, oh God, you know, I'm doing something wrong. And we've talked better. about that, right? We told better. me later. Yeah, but it's you've like, also yeah. told me later. And we we did have that conversation that I do talk to people about that because it is like, and I learned the hard way. I was like, whoa, that totally shut him down. And that's Because it's, it's shame again, you know? You're yeah. like, it's, it's shame. And I think that shame is like, if there's anything opposite of sexual mojo, it's like shame for, for at least for me, like for, and I don't know if I can speak for all men, but like, yeah, I mean, you know, you, and especially in Western culture where you're like raised on this persona of like the male sex thing, like, it's just, it's sort of a fallacy. And and so like, when you kind of pop that bubble a little bit, you know, and again, I'd say that like going back to like your, your comments on like smashing the patriarchy, it's like, let's just be like two humans that like li- that literally know nothing. And we're just trying to figure each other out and yes. be really, really honest that like, I don't know about you, the way you work and you don't know about the way that I work and every preconceived notion that we thought we had held by like mass media was probably a lie. Um, totally. So how do we, how do we kind of like let our guard down a little and be willing to learn? And I think that's a yeah. tough conversation for a lot of people yeah. because you know, like, what would it mean if I didn't know how to, how to pleasure a woman? You know, yeah. I'm 22 years old. What would that mean about me? Yeah. Well, and I think that's a conversation that we've revisited even, you know, because bodies change and preferences change. And even on my own sexual growth journey, so many things that I thought I liked was only because I was told I should like them because of like the porn industry or the patriarchy or what we've seen in videos. And I was like, wait, what I actually think about this, I don't like it. I just been told I'm supposed to like it or that you would find pleasure in it. And so, you know, even in the last, you know, few years kind of thing, there's been so much things that have changed because things just didn't feel right to me anymore. They didn't feel good. They didn't, they didn't light me up. They didn't turn me on. And, and going back to your point about talking in the moment, you know, I, I remember that and I remember how poorly it went. And then it was this conversation like, Hey, in the future, if there is something that's happening during sex, how would you like me to talk about it? And we, you know, so for anybody listening, that's the type of conversation you can have is because sometimes you don't want to wait till afterwards because then what are you supposed to do? Like just lay there and not enjoy the rest of your session. But there is a way and asking your partner like, hey, if there's something that I'm really enjoying. How would you like me to communicate that? If there's something like, if I want you to go back or try something different, how would you like me to communicate that? And just open up that conversation. So they know because you're talking about it, because you're having this conversation, they can already work through any thoughts that they have or shame they might have and be like, Hey, this isn't a you thing. We're just both trying to have like you going back to what you said, both trying to have the best time we can and you create that safety by bringing that in. And this isn't against you. This is just for us and for a good time. Yeah. yeah. It's funny as you were talking, I was thinking about the, like the stereotypical male, you know, getting a, getting something to put together, like a new, new thing they buy and then throwing the manual out and be like, I'm just going to build this thing. And there's this sort of like, I don't need a map. Don't tell me where to go. I don't know how to get there. <laughs> I didn't say anything about maps. <laughs> maps. <laughs> oh, they said maps. Yeah, exactly. Maps. Like, no, like I don't know how to map. Like, I, I said I didn't need a map. There. And then we got lost. And that's like still a thing you talk about. Oh, my God. Day. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. No, but like, I think there's this sort of like, I'm you know, navigating but, the but, canals of the female anatomy <laughs> instead of Venice. <laughs> well, you don't come with a manual, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and if you want to know, you know, if things go wrong, like if I, if I screw up Ikea and I'm like, oh, okay, now I need, now I need to go look at the directions or whatever, you know, like the female body, like, like we don't know. And, and I think that mm-hmm. the more we're open to, like, I know you don't like to be kissed on your ears, which is like a weird thing to me. But like, I know not to do that. I just avoid that. And I've carved that out of my repertoire of like stellar moves that I got. And, and that like, <laughs> that's okay. That doesn't mean anything about me because you are yeah. the one, like you're the, your pleasure is the point, um, you know, at least from, from, from my standpoint. So anyway. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How, how comfortable are you feeling now, hun? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I thought I was going to have to need like a, a beer to do this with you, but uh, I'm hanging in there. I'm Turns out. There turns out. Um, okay. Well, I think, um, you know, I think this covers a lot just of like, you know, being able to argue, being able to be frustrated, coming back to each other continuously, like finding this foundation that we have talked about before of like love and safety. And like, we're in this together, open communication. Is there anything else that you would like to share on this episode? Uh, didn't, I didn't know you were going to ask me that. I, I think that we've covered a lot. I mean, I think that, you know, for all the, uh, I can't, I never, ever, ever, uh, I've learned, learned not to uh, speak f- for the women out there. Cause that's not my place, but for, for the men out there, I think when you are obsessed with, with the pleasure of your partner, I think only good things come from that. And, and when you're obsessed about something, it's being in a growth mindset about it, willing to learn more. And I think that that's, I think that's the, a, a huge part of our, our success in this arena. So mm-hmm. I, I'd encourage that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do have a question. One more question for you that just came up as you said that like for the women that are listening that feel really nervous, right. You know, I think that they're not feeling satisfied and they know because they listen to this podcast, like a lot of the work is with them, right? It's with our own mindset. It's with us being able to get into our body, but they still want to share with their partner that this is something that they want to do, you know, whether it's like signing up for this program or something, they just want to have a conversation with, and they're so afraid because they're afraid that their partner's going to have their ego bruised, or they're going to think there's something wrong with them when really this is just something that they want to do, how would you recommend just bringing that like from a, from a man, from a husband, if I really wanted to do this work and it was something that I wanted to dive into, like, how would you have liked to have had that brought up to you? It's it's a great question. I think it's, it's a hard, hard thing to give a blanket answer for because I think everybody's situation's kind of different. So just like start, start in the space of being respectful of that. You know, I, I go back to if you start out and you make it about the couple, the current relationship, the space of problems, that there's something wrong. I think that there's a, you know, we all got a lot going on in our life. I think there's a natural adverse reaction to that. Like, I don't want to talk yeah. about that. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, it's not for me, whatever. So I think I would encourage you to do, start doing the work that you're already doing um, with, if, if you're listening to this podcast uh, or if you're in one of the the courses, um, continue to do that work and, and get excited about it and be passionate about it. I, I think that's, that's a start of it kind of going back to even our example on meditation. Right. And I think that, you know, when you're on a long road trip together and you're in the car 
Uh, you got a captive audience. Flip on episode 100 of the It's My Pleasure podcast and <laughs> hearing a male, another male who's on the journey, uh, hearing their perspective mm-hmm. will be helpful. Um, yeah. So that's all I got for you on that. Yeah. Well, I think what you said is important at the very beginning, right? Is like, we're going to have an adverse re- like reaction when we are like, hey, this is a problem. Yeah. And I think that for a lot of women, but tell me, tell me, you know, what I, what I talk to them about is really approaching, like, like, let's say you're thinking about doing the better sex in 90 days course. Right. And you want to bring it up because it's a significant financial investment. And this is something that you kind of want to make as a decision together as a couple, you know, like, Hey, like, this is something I really want to do. And I really want to work on. It's important to me. It's important to our relationship rather than, we just don't have a great sex life like we used to. We have to get back yeah. to normal, but like, like yeah, I like want this. Keep, keep the judgment out of it, right? Yeah. Like just because you may be feeling that way doesn't mean that your partner is, and it could be like a very kind of risky topic. So, so dive into your passion on the topic. That's great advice, and, and you, you know, effectively, again, your your passion will lead the way. Uh, yeah. I found it to be true in all things in life. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, hon, I love you. Thank you for being on episode 100. Hopefully I can get you on the podcast again for episode 200. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe I'll even get you to like open up a little after you get over your, this is his first podcast he's ever been on. And George tends to be sometimes with these sorts of things, a bit of an introvert, but I think you did great. Well, people say I have a face for podcasting, so... Oh, <laughs> face for it? Is that your joke? Because <laughs> nobody can see your face. Oh, well, I love you. Thanks for coming on. And for all of you listening, as always, it's been my absolute pleasure to be with you here on this podcast. And I hope that this just open conversation between a couple who've been together 18 years might have given you a couple of golden nuggets or insights or takeaways that you can go and discuss with your honey. Have a wonderful week. And I can't wait to talk with you next week. 